This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alex Tai. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 4th of October. In your Squiz today, Trump's big fraud trial. Tasmania's government hangs by a thread. The UN goes to Haiti. And bring on Fat Bear Week. This is your Squiz Today. Former US President Donald Trump is no stranger to legal action. The cases against him have come in thick and fast this year. But this week in particular poses a big threat to his business operations. Trump is currently facing a civil case in New York over charges that he defrauded his business partners there. And the judge in that case has already ruled that the facts did demonstrate an ongoing fraud. Yeah, so this isn't a criminal case. Um, It's not one of those that could see him sent to jail, but it could have a serious impact on his ability to run his businesses from New York, which is at the centre of his business empire. And what happened is that Justice Arthur Ergeron ruled last week that Trump had drastically inflated the value of his properties and overstated his net worth by amounts ranging between 812 million US dollars to 2.2 billion dollars and the reason why he did that they say is to get bigger and better financing deals. As for the potential punishment that could come out of this case, prosecutors are asking for a 250 million dollar fine. But the experts say that with Trump and his adult sons being stripped of their business license, which was a big part of the judge's ruling, it is a big punishment in and of itself. Yeah, and of course, the Trumps are going to appeal. But if the ruling stands, it could mean serious trouble for Trump because he could be forced to sell his properties in New York or hand over control of them to an independent body. And don't forget that All of this is happening as he's running for president, and in that race, he's still the Republican frontrunner for his party's nomination. Yes, and speaking of US politics, it is high drama in the US Congress this week, where the Speaker of the House is Republican Kevin McCarthy, and he is facing a challenge from the hard right wing of his own party, who are trying to expel him from the speakership. We'll be keeping our eyes peeled. There has also been a political drama unfolding in Tasmania after claims of bullying triggered a minister's sacking and sparked talks of an early election. This story centres on the Attorney General Elise Archer. It came to light on Friday that she was facing claims from staff members of bullying and that saw Premier Jeremy Rockcliffe move on Archer to quit the party. It's pretty high-stakes stuff in Tasmania. Um, Tassie, of course, is the only Liberal-held state in the country and it has a minority government. So losing a member makes it more difficult for them to hang on and what Rockcliffe wants is for Archer to quit the parliament altogether so she could be replaced with another Liberal member. Either that or for her to commit to vote with the government. But so far, Archer has been keeping everybody guessing as to her next move. Now, we aren't due for a Tasmanian election until 2025, but Rockcliffe has already said that if it goes south with Archer, he may have to go to an election as early as this year. 
The United Nations has voted to send a peacekeeping mission to Haiti as the small Caribbean nation threatens to be overwhelmed by gang rule. Yeah, Haiti has been unstable for quite some time. Of course, it's been racked by terrible earthquakes and all sorts of other disasters. But in recent times, reports say that 3,000 people have been killed by gang violence in the past year alone. So the United Nations Security Council has decided that something needs to be done about it and that they can offer some help. It's a big deal in and of itself just to get a vote passed by the Security Council because, of course, Russia and China have veto power and there haven't been a lot of things that have actually gone through in recent times. Both of those countries, though, abstained from a vote on this, but it was enough to see the peacekeeping mission be voted on and it's now going ahead. And that mission will be led by Kenya and tasked with guarding key infrastructure like ports, schools and hospitals, as well as targeting the gang's operations. The mission is expected to last a year, and besides Kenya, a dozen other countries are supplying troops, including Barbados and Jamaica. A quick message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic Dam Copper Mine. It's happening now at BHP. A sports update now, Claire. The Australian Open has shifted its schedule and made it so we're less likely to see marathon matches stretching long into the night. I really enjoy a late-night tennis game from the Australian Open at the start of the (laughs) year, or at least I should say I used to until the squeeze because it's really annoying when anything much goes past (laughs) 9.30 these days. But, of course, the one match that really did tip people over the edge was from January this year when Tanasi Kokonakis and Andy Murray, they played until after 4am in the morning and there Mm. were lots of complaints about that. So the big change is that there's now going to be a tournament that runs over 15 days rather than 14. And that means that they're able to schedule things a bit differently to stop those really early morning ends. Um, It's a change that we're copying from the French Open. And it also means that the tournament will start on Sunday, the 14th of January next year. And also, according to Todd Woodbridge, the commentator, it means that the tournament could sell up to 50,000 extra tickets. Yep, not bad for the bottom line either. Fat Bear Week is a bit of an obsession here at the Squiz. It is the time of the year when the bears in Alaska's Katmai National Park stuff their faces to try to gain as much weight as possible before hibernation. Is that right, Claire? (laughs) That is the general gist of things, or at least they have been stuffing their face for quite a while. So they're getting to the end of it, of course, as we head into winter. And now it's up to the public to get online to have a look at these really huge bears and decide who is the fattest bear of the park. (laughs) Now, it doesn't have to be, of course, anything from any kind of precise measurement in terms of wondering about weights. You're really looking for a big, girthy bear. The bears that do the best seem to have these big, low-hanging bellies that just sway when they walk. (laughs) Um, Of course, what this is all about is just shining a spotlight on sustainability and conservation and the Katmai National Park just 
is this glorious place where these bears just run amok and they're rather beautiful. The winner will be announced the middle of next week, but until then, we will put a link to watch Fat Bear Week in our show notes so you can watch all of the belly-swinging action live from your own couch. (laughs) I can't wait to update everyone on the winner next week. Squiz the day, Claire. We've already talked about the best thing happening today, so I reckon we should give our latest shortcut a plug. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to beat Fat Bear Week when it comes to Squiz the Day. So, <laughs> shortcuts, Alex, you and I talked about the New Zealand election. Uh, it is on on the 14th of October, and we're just giving ourselves a little bit of headroom because, of course, there's something else that's happening on the 14th of October. <laughs> so, we thought we might get ahead of it. It's a really interesting election, this one. The polling is pointing to a change in government there. So uh, we get you across what's happening, what the big issues are, and of course, uh, all the little intricacies when it comes to actually getting elected in New Zealand. And you can find that episode by searching for Squish Shortcuts in your podcasting app, or we'll put a handy little link in the episode notes. And that is it for us today. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back again tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.